Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stanley, and I got my man, Danny, and he brought two other guests here, and we're going to talk about everything that has to do with real estate and the startup and the struggles. Uh, I'm so excited about this one right here because, number one, we got three people that can verify that there are struggles, but there's upsides to it, mm -hmm. uh, and there's certain things that you have to overcome, and there's certain things that, you know, you may have to take a couple of punches before you get to where you need to get to. So before I even dive in, please welcome everybody. Um, give them a good round. And I appreciate you guys stopping by. This is going to be awesome. So Thank let's you. start with Danny. Danny, please introduce yourself. What's going on, guys? My name is Daniel Dorsina. Uh, I am a real estate agent with Seekers International. I'm happy to be here. All right. My name is Sammy Laguerre. I'm with uh, Keystone Realty of Greater New York, uh, born and raised in Brooklyn. Nice to meet y'all. Uh, my name is Emmanuel Genty, um, real estate salesperson with Ivy North, uh, born and raised in, um, in Brooklyn as well. And I'm excited um, to talk about the good and the bad of real estate, man. Well, you know what? Let's start with you. <laughs> <laughs> because right away, the excitement is a little contagious. Tell us, tell us. I know you started from 2015. I did. All right. I so. Did. All right. Elaborate so, on um, so the way I got into real estate was, um, well, is because what well, was because um, I was looking to make some extra money, right? Mm -hmm. Looking to make some extra money. Reached out to um, uh, my mentor as well as you know family member. I was like, yo, you know, I see you making this real estate money. Like, how do I get in? How do, how do I get involved? So he advised me and he told me go out and get your real estate license. Mm -hmm. So I studied for it. Um, maybe it took me about six months to complete. Got my real estate license. Got licensed in 2015. Um, immediately after I started tapping into, you know, my immediate network, you know, started letting people know like, Hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm involved in real estate. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. What's up? You know what I mean? <laughs> Let <laughs> show me, me some love. Show me some love. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I got licensed in, um, May of 2015 and I would say maybe about two to three months later, locked in my first client, locked in my first client. Um, just to jump ahead a little bit, we didn't close. Oh wow! We, we didn't close. First deal didn't close. Um, I, I, in a sense, I could say that um, that deal taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. It taught me a lot, man. Um, you know, long story short, um, I had you know my client. Um, she had a very difficult time understanding um, the climate of the market at that time. Um, submitted an offer. Uh, my client was very a little unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Uh, there were multiple offers on the table mm -hmm. and you know i would say maybe about three weeks into the deal uh seller's agent reaches out to me and she's like listen we're going with somebody else wow oh somebody else she's like your client is asking for this she's asking for that <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to snatch this deal from under from underneath you man we're not happy with it Wow. Um, so, you know, for me, that was a very humbling moment. Mm -hmm. um, that could have destroyed you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, starting yeah. off, that could have really, because um, a lot of people don't receive that kind of setback as a, a learning lesson. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I almost cried, man. Yeah. Because, you know, from the moment we went into contract, um, the contract was fully executed, right? And at that moment, I also realized that, hey, listen, um, just because the contract is fully executed doesn't necessarily mean that the deal is in the bag. Right. right. So I'm already counting the money. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. The house is for, yep. you know, 469. I'm getting, you know, at that at that time, <laughs> yeah. it was 1%, right? It mm. wasn't much. It was 1%. It 
but I'm already calculating how much money I'm going to walk away with. Right, right. And then to hear three weeks later that I'm not getting, you know, that money, mm. um, it was tough. Yeah. It was tough. Hurt, man. I, yeah. I can feel it. Hurt my feelings. <laughs> like I said, it's there, right? <laughs> <laughs> how about you? Was it something similar? Um, Not quite. So I started real estate around uh, last year, October. Mm-hmm. Uh, I jumped into it because I was actually laid off from my previous job. I worked in a completely different field. I was doing nonprofit work. Um, and uh, I was laid off around, uh, I would say, March. And then COVID was happening. So it kind of gave me a, a moment to reset and pause and just say, okay, what's next for me? Uh, I had a friend who was working for the brokers I'm at now, and he was doing pretty well, even during COVID. Like, he was working and he was making phone calls. He's out every day. Like, how are you outside and it's COVID? I'm like, how are you still going to the club, getting bottles? I'm like, oh, gosh, like, I got to find out what's going on. So I asked him, you know, I said, hey, uh, just put me on to like, you know, what are you doing? He told me uh, I'm doing real estate. And he uh, told me about the the brokers that he's working for. And uh, he basically laid out the model for me and told me, hey, if you want to hop on, like you can do this now right away because uh, Keystone Realty, basically their model is a uh, is, uh, it's all in-house. So mm-hmm. they work with the investors. They have their own lenders. They have their own attorneys. So it was kind of just laid out for me already just from the start. Um, so I started out in October and I got my first deal in December. And uh, even though the, the client, he didn't speak full English, I, I you know, I networked and I, I, I had a lender who spoke very fluent, fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, so the deal went pretty smooth. I mean, there was a few hiccups. I can say, but the deal was direct, so I didn't have to work through another agent to find out, you know, are funds available, uh, when is the appraisal happening, things of that nature. Uh, it was pretty smooth throughout. The deal happened to be about like a month and a half, and uh, I got actually 20K from that deal. Nice. Yeah. Of oh, your first deal? First deal was 20K. It was a new construction yeah. property, um, fully renovated. There was no worries about, you know, somebody still living in the house mm-hmm. after. It was like, it was a pretty smooth process. But I did say, I do say that I, I definitely learned a lot from it. Um, just understanding same way he said not to count your money because there was a point in that deal where halfway through the buyer just backed out for some reason. He was just like, he called me up one day and, and this was like, I could remember myself shopping online because <laughs> this is like around December. So I didn't get the check yet. And I know Christmas is coming. So I'm like, I'm shopping online. Maybe I can get like a little bit of an advance. He calls me up and he's like, hey, Sam, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like, this is not the property for me. And I had to literally spend at least two hours with him just like working out the mortgage, um, working out the rental income, things of that nature. And right, it, right. It, it really worked after uh, maybe about three hours. He just said, you know what, I'm just going to believe in you. Uh, I believe in the lender that I'm working with who's communicating, me, communicating with me very nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just things just worked. So. But I, I will say that what I did learn is even if you get that check, you got to save. Yeah. Like that, that check can last, it's supposed to last you at least three months. Like for yeah. me, I had to stretch it out as much as possible. But that was definitely my first real estate deal and it taught me a bunch. That's what's up, man. Uh, Danny, before I, I, I start with you on how you got in, introduced into the real estate, I just want to know, is it because you were with a private uh, lender or private um, broker? That's probably why, compared to him being with a established company already, that the process was probably a lot smoother. Is because that is, you know, compared to being a private, you're always going to go with a name or a brand or an institution that has some 
credit behind it versus uh, independent broker. Do you think that's probably the case? Um, I definitely feel that it played a role. Okay. Um, in regards to, so um, what Sam mentioned was that he was able to get on that phone and he was able to instill that confidence back into his buyer. Mm. And I don't feel, I, you know, at the time I was brand new, you know, um, not having that um, that support or that name behind me, that brand behind me, mm-hmm. um, I felt like affected that deal, you know, in a sense. Okay. Um, and then, you know, ultimately just um, like this, because, because this was my first deal, not really understanding how to take that approach to help to build um, to build that confidence. Mm-hmm. With you know, one of the things that I've learned over the past couple of years, especially when it comes to real estate, is that there's an emotional aspect for your buyer. Mm. Right. You know, for, you know, as agents, we're just looking at it as a transaction. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to learn, you know, take a step back and realize that they're getting ready to make one of the big purchase, big Mm -hmm. purchase. Um, At the time, 2015, Mm -hmm. the property, I think, was like four sixty nine in today's dollars. Now it would be worth maybe about six, you know, over half a mil. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, not having that. That support, you know, or that 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 security, that, that security, comfort, yeah, that, that he established, exactly, yeah. exactly, and that definitely played a role. Yeah, yeah. Danny, introduce us <laughs> to your first initial walkthrough to the real estate game. All right, so me coming into real estate, it, it's only right that I go last because I'm the most junior agent here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I mean, it really started. I would say in graduate school at Iona College, um, I had to do a project um, with commercial real estate. And basically I did the project, basically learned about top five uh, commercial real estate companies that's you know doing well in the industry. And it kind of like, I got keen to, okay, maybe I could do this. But then COVID happened, well, fast forward from graduate school, COVID happened in uh, March, 2020. Uh, left my previous uh, job and during that time I started to like all right maybe I should really start this real estate uh, course I should you know start the process and when it got to I would say like June July um, that's when I really like dove in Um, I said let me look for a course a school Uh, I went with real estate express started the course um, I, I really want to kind of tell you about the, the course as well, like Real Estate Express, the, the school, mm-hmm. it was a little rigorous, I would say. It wasn't too crazy, like it's not graduate, like it's not you right, know, right, right. In, in, that, in that sense. But I wasn't really devoting so much time to it. Um, and, you know, during the first two tries, I would say I, I did, I did fail, the, I failed the test for the, for the school. Right. So it's not like a walk-on type of thing that you no, do, you have to no. study. You have to study. You definitely <laughs> have to study. Yeah. So I was uh, happy that I was able to uh, pass. Um, and then in December, I took the state test, drove all the way to Albany, because I was like, I was looking for any of the, uh, the, the sites to see when a test was available. Mm-hmm. The only availability was in Albany. Yeah. So I drove all the way to Albany, one and done. That's <laughs> One and yeah. done. And it, it was like my Christmas gift, honestly. It's new right. start, new year. I got mm-hmm. in December, Perfect. December 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, also, during that process, I was looking for, um, I would say, companies. I didn't really, really want to get into one of those grandfather companies mm-hmm. like uh, I don't I don't want to say the names, but there's there's some grandfather companies out there. I wanted something that was going to be new, trendy and like out there. 
I would say. Mm. So I did my, my research. I looked at Corcoran. I looked at Douglas Element. I looked at uh, Nest Seekers. I looked at Compass. And I thought they were one of the top fives that's doing great in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reached out via LinkedIn to uh, multiple leads, I would say, leaders and, and, and recruiters, maybe, in, in that sense. Um, and Nest Seekers, actually, I have to say Paul Sobrano, he reached out to me, had an interview with him. And um, he liked what I had to offer and like like my resume, and I got branched into Nest Seekers. Um, it's a great company to work for, um, and I I've seen that I made a transition from Soho to go to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, just strategically, just to know your market. I, I, you have to know your market. Mm-hmm. So I made that move from Soho to Manhattan to Brooklyn, and now hopefully down the line I'll I'll be, I'll be back and focus in uh, Manhattan, but. Um, Right now, it's the focus is Brooklyn. I'm mm-hmm. the Duke of Brooklyn, if you guys didn't know. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at Duke of Brooklyn. <laughs> but, um, you know, real estate, I would say that's how I kind of got into the game. Um, and I, I was very fortunate to pair up. And I know you had Sarah yeah. Golan on the, on the, mm-hmm. on the show uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate to be under her wing. And she's showing me the ropes. And it's, it's going good. Um, I, I got a... At most of the deals I'm working with her um, that I have some of the listings I'm working with properties in Queens I'm working with properties in East New York working properties in downtown Brooklyn mm-hmm. rentals in Bushwick mm-hmm. you know we we're one we're of everywhere. Uh, yeah, that, yeah and that's what Nessica's mission like is we're everywhere like that's the, their motto we're mm-hmm. everywhere uh, in Beverly Hills we're in Long Island we're the Hamptons Portugal London and those are the things that I kind of wanted to be a part of because uh, I mean as my previous employee I used to work for Delta Airlines love to travel so being that we can be global with nest seekers you know it's something that's already in, instilled in me I yeah. already have it I have yeah. that in me and um, yeah I mean real estate is going it's going really good but I know that we have a lot more to talk about. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm because ready to get not, into the highs and the lows of real estate. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I want to touch on because I know um the flip side, like you didn't have your first success. Mm-hmm. I mean your first time around, you didn't have a great success. You didn't have any success, but you did learn from it. I did. Right? As as Samuels, he had success, right? Twenty K out the gate. Right. But I'm pretty sure you didn't have multiple success after that. You no, you had to have some kind not. of struggles after that. Yeah, yeah. It was so it was, you, yeah. you pointed out one second. You pointed out that you needed to save. Mm-hmm. Did you run through that money? That's why you realized you needed what? to save. <laughs> <laughs> that same friend that put me onto the brokerage. As soon as I got my check, he was like, "Yo, we gotta go. We gotta go celebrate." I do. Uh, definitely do. And we we did. <laughs> we celebrated a few times. And um, after a certain point, I was like, "Oh no, I see how fast this money can go." So, um, I really dialed back and I, I spoke to to my wife and I said, "Hey, how are we gonna divvy up this fund?" So. I can really focus on the next deal without having to worry about what's going on within my four walls. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it, it definitely takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of discipline to say, I have this bulk of money, but I got to think about taxes. Mm-hmm. Right. I got to think about like groceries for the next mm-hmm. few months. I got to think about the smaller things like gas. Uh, like it's just, there's so many things to say, okay, let me stop pause and, and save before I just go splurge, you know? Yeah. And Eve, for when you started um, to really get the hang of things, right? Like, 
how did you bounce back from that from that hurt so all right so yeah. i didn't finish the story right okay <laughs> so there's more to it yeah so after that first deal flopped um i would say maybe about a week later i get a phone call from um i guess like i have like a small church community church i used to go to everybody kind of knows everybody and every like you know the word started spreading like oh mm-hmm. man he's in real estate so one of my um my first client deal flopped one of her friends reaches out to me maybe about a week later and tells me like hey listen you know what me um my my me and my siblings were pairing up we want to buy a multifamily in canarsie brooklyn i'm like all right cool i got you mm-hmm. um and um we started the search we went to um i think it might have been like i l- legit showed one property it was one property it's uh 968 east 79th street or east 77th street mm-hmm. um submitted an offer well I'm, I'm sorry they toured the place they toured the property submitted an offer got the offer accepted three months later we closed Oh wow, oh, that's okay. a good feeling. So, yeah. so, so there is, you know, <laughs> yeah, there is a rainbow. Right? Yes, <laughs> yeah. There's so, light at the end. Exactly, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. So mm-hmm. even though that first deal um flopped, um I was able to um, get a referral mm-hmm. from that client, and you know I was able to close on um, on a deal a couple months later. It didn't make twenty k. <laughs> it was uh it was twelve k net. Mm-hmm. So it was I think it was like eighteen that came. To the brokers, you know, after the split, you know, you, your broker eats a little bit. So I walked away with twelve thousand. Okay, that's still um, good, which which is great, yeah. right? Because yeah. I, I walked in the house like literally, I kicked down the door. I was like, "Hey, look, <laughs> look at this check. <laughs> this is my first real estate check, yeah. man." Yeah, um, when you think about it, twelve in what three months? Yeah, uh, it's not bad. It's not mm-hmm. bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, I did spend it a little bit differently though because um, at that time, you know, my wife and I we were expecting, mm-hmm. so I'm like, damn. I, I can't really do anything with this money. Well, not yet, at least. So I had to save a little bit because I knew that all right, she's not, you know, she's not going to be working for a while. But it, it still felt good that um, you know I was able to bring that check. But one of the another um, another gem that you know that came out of that deal was that I did a really I connected really well with the lender, mm. and the lender um, her name is um, Veronica with mm-hmm. uh, with Meadowbrook Meadowbrook mm-hmm. Meadowbrook Mortgage. Um, she reached out to me. She's like, listen to me, man, you know, I really like the way you work. Uh, you know, I, I really, you know, enjoy working with you. I like the way that, you know, you took care of your clients. She's like, here's what I'm going to do. Mm. I'm going to connect you with another buyer. Mm. That's big. I've never heard that before. Yeah. And A lender connecting. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and that was pivotal mm. because she connected me with, um, she kept, con- she kept connecting me with different, um, clients. And out of that, I mean, for um, for the uh, for twenty sixteen, I closed on three more deals, just because of her. Yeah. Just because of the fact that she had faith within me, and she mm-hmm. and she had she was um, happy with the way that I closed the first deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she just kept sending me people. I mean, yeah. some of them didn't pan out. Some of them, you know, um, they may have entered the market, and mm-hmm. you know, they weren't quite sure where they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But a couple of them, you know, they. They connected. Yeah, them. they connected. Yeah. yeah, and I can say that that was the upside from that first deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that first deal, I never really took it as a loss. I took it as a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned from that. Um, it taught me to manage the expectations of my clients from the front end, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, essentially having enough knowledge of the market and preparing them for that. 
you know, preparing them for multiple bid offers, preparing mm-hmm. them for, hey, you know what? You're buying in New York. You're typically buying as is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, preparing them for um, the only real issues that sellers are going to maybe take care of mm-hmm. is if it's a plumbing issue, heating, electric, and, um, and, a, and a roofing issue. And roofing issue, like, it has to be like a leak, a legit leak for them to even really be able to, you know, um, address it. If it's not, if it's just like flashing or warp, they're not going to take care of it. So it was just going into my future deals and understanding and understanding how to prepare my clients. And that's how I was able to find um, much more success, you know, from that first deal. Yeah. Why is it important to... um have a great relationship with the lender for you guys. Like, I'm going to give you uh, a, a quick story. My wife and I, we were shopping around and we came across uh, a lender. We went through three different lenders. And finally, we went to the third one who was more efficient. He was like on it compared to the other ones, right? Um, but because he was so on it, we were really ready to refer him to other people. It got to the point where the realtor was like, well, the realtor didn't like his uh, assertiveness because he was like really aggressive, but she earned, she she respected him after a while. She was like, yo, he's getting shit done. Like he's, he's knocking it out. To that point, she wanted to refer him. Like, so why is it important to have a good relationship with the lenders? I'm you want to take this one? Yeah, you yeah. Can. I would say that, I mean, I, I wanna, I'm gonna answer that question, but, um, I just I want to talk about this experience where I recently just met this lender who mm-hmm. just appeared at my open house. I don't know if you guys ever had that. Of course, yeah, <laughs> multiple times. But it's like you know if you're going to like how the energy was kind of off. You know if you're gonna look to try to establish a relationship with me, who are possibly you know I'm hosting an open house. Mm-hmm. Direct buyers are coming in. And you don't know if they're pre-approved. You want to establish a relationship with me so I can probably feed off these direct buyers. Hey, they're not pre-approved, but hey, can you get them Mm pre-approved? I look at it like it has to come off genuine. It shouldn't come as like a shark attack. Um, It shouldn't be like, you know, just, I mean, there's always a hunger, but it's a way to do things. Mm -hmm. So I think relationship, like energy, I'm, I'm very like, first impression I'm, I'm very big on first impression and with me if you're going to try to establish a relationship with me and it's like off i think it's, it's a done deal especially if you're trying to establish yourself in this marketplace mm-hmm. but then i think it is to uh, answer your question about um you know uh, rela- uh developing relationship with lenders you know people come in they want to buy a house well they want to buy a house they go to a bank they go to chase they go to one of these local banks uh, conventional banks to get a, a loan and you know they come in to deal with a mortgage banker and the mortgage banker usually you know they could just ship them out and all right thank you you know you came in I got the, the mortgage I got the pre-approval and that's it but how about them saying oh you're pre-approved for this amount you know I have this great real estate agent that works for nest seekers who can help you out with the process of buying a house because you're a first-time home buyer so i look at it like that it's not like all right you create that relationship with them so they can branch off business to you and that's how i I would say that's that's the importance on on Mm -hmm. that um to add to that Mm -hmm. um i just want to say that 
working on any deal, whether it's on the buyer side um, or even on the, um, the seller side, uh, you're always working as a team, right? Mm -hmm. You live and die by your attorney, yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. Uh, inspector, yeah. and the lender. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If your lender sucks, or if yeah. your lender is just, if if your lender is a one man show, a one woman show, and they're typically managing all of their clients by themselves, and they're hard to get in touch with. Mm -hmm. you know you can't reach them you email them you text them you call them and you know you can't you can't get in touch mm -hmm. it's not it's not the lender to work with that's right that's and a lot true. of the times to what you were saying Daniel a lot of the times people think that just because they have a relationship with their bank you know that being JP Morgan mm -hmm. Citibank Bank mm -hmm. of America mm -hmm. they think that oh just I got a checking account here mm -hmm. you know my direct deposit is going in there I could just walk in Yo, let me talk to a banker and then you know get me pre-approved just because you have an account there mm -hmm. or you have a relationship doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get that same energy when it's time mm -hmm. to sit down with um with a banker right right um working as an agent on the buyer side um any deal that i go into um i always remember time is of the essence correct right so mm -hmm. initially you want to make sure that your banker is able to provide the, um, the pre-approval you want to make sure that your banker is able to provide, um, you know, a commitment letter. You want to make sure that they're 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 on it, uh -huh. they're on it, because um, uh, buyers can, in a sense, sometimes again, they're mm -hmm. they can be emotional. Yeah. So you want to make not not emotional. Sorry. Sometimes they can um, they can I don't I don't even know what the word is for it. But you want to make sure that they're not they're not losing confidence right so you want to make sure that you know the banker that you're mm -hmm. working with especially when it comes to um getting the funding to mm -hmm. be able to, um, mm -hmm. to be able to purchase a home mm -hmm. you want to make sure that the banker knows what they're doing yeah you know they're sitting down with the client and then they're, they're going through the numbers yeah. they're explaining everything mm -hmm. so i think it's extremely important to have um that relationship with the right banker that mm -hmm. you fit well with mm -hmm. that's able to work with your clients i agree I, I think it's a frustrating situation where you constantly have to repeat right um they'll ask you for one thing and you think everything is fine then boom it goes mm -hmm. to underwriting underwriting wants something else right yeah. Yeah. and then when you think you're about to close and all of a sudden they push back the date because either mm -hmm. the title company is not ready or somebody mm -hmm. else is not ready so the process alone is a frustrating process but how were you were able to make uh, you know that guy calm or that situation uh work in your favor because i was close to the lender um like i said with my brokerage everything is in-house mm -hmm. so calling up the lender and saying hey how's the loan going or how's the buyer feeling when you speak to him just that's not a hard thing to do for me it's not a hard thing to get in contact with them um it wasn't a difficult difficult moment to talk about the appraisal uh, which is a thing that we didn't talk about. Uh, lenders, they, they, they play a big part on, in ordering that appraisal and making sure that gets done the right way. Mm -hmm. uh, certain banks like Bank of America, Chase, uh, they order appraisals and the individuals they might pick to do the appraisal might not know the area as well as uh, certain banks that we have locally like, uh, like Nationwide or um, so another bank that I work with mm -hmm. is um, Federal Savings Bank um, and Inter Intercontinental. Uh, so it was important for me to, to work with this lender and say, hey, if we get this house and we put this offer up, 
uh, are you sure that it's going to appraise for this price? And, and for me, I already did the comps and I was sure about it. And, you know, she assured me that, hey, like, don't worry about it. Everything is going to be fine. Um, so going into the process with it, it was it was, it was really one, two, three. Um, and then even even talking about the mortgage with the client, uh, she was really calm and collected whenever she spoke about it. You know, talking about a mortgage is, is even if it's a low mortgage uh, in, in what it could regularly be it it's not a it's not an easy thing to talk about mm -hmm. for the buyer you know you're spending thousands of dollars every month um so for the lender to break down the mortgage to him and say hey uh i i'm giving you this percentage mm -hmm. if you were to go anywhere else and get a lower percentage i'll match it um the credit score that you're giving me i'm maximizing it as much as possible it was just it was just comforting all around so yeah that's def that's definitely the reason yeah. why i was able to can a lender um could you touch on something can a mm -hmm. lender like overvalue a property on an appraisal or undervalue it it's about the appraiser, appraiser. Mm, okay. yeah, it's, it's the person who they pick for the appraiser mm. um so, so like i said certain banks like bank of america um or but don't so, some of them have like an in-house they do um and again i've never worked with them okay. Okay. i just know that from some of the deals that i've seen go awry and just like fall out of complete place uh it's been typically because of that an appraisal where it's like the appraisal comes back low and the buyer doesn't have the funds to now, you know, pay the difference and it just messes up the whole deal. Yeah. So to answer your question, um, at one point, appraisers were working in-house um, with, with the bankers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now um, that's changed. Yeah. So appraisal. Public interest. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So now um, appraisal companies are independent contractors who will usually be reached out to by the lender mm -hmm. um, to submit an order um, for an appraisal. They'll come out. Um, usually appraisers, appraisers already have an idea of what they're going to appraise before they get there. They've already done the research. They've already found um, all, all the information in terms of a property is all made public now. So mm -hmm. they come, you know, um, like you said, Sam, they're pulling up the comps. Mm -hmm. They're looking at um, different properties within the area with, um, with a similar composition. Mm -hmm. and, then the, yeah, and then they are pulling together that report um, to essentially um, appraise the property. Now, of course, you never want to uh, buyers never want to be in a position where they underappraise. Right. Um, and I kind of feel like that's where, as an agent, that's where we come in. Because from on the very beginning, um, if you're working with a buyer, um, you know, we should we should be able to make sure that if we're submitting offers, we should pull you know a market survey mm -hmm. um, of the of that neighborhood just to kind of get an idea of okay, okay of of what closed in the past um, 30 to 60 days, what's mm -hmm. currently on the market. You know, you kind of want to make sure you understand um, the story of that neighborhood mm -hmm. um, before your client is able to submit an offer. Um, not to say that, you know, every, you know, um, uh, every opportunity will, you know, will be perfect. But um, the more you know of, um, about a neighborhood before you submit that offer, mm -hmm. allows you to be able to put yourself, put your client in a position where they're not overpaying over leveraging um as well as having to worry about an, an appraisal coming in under um the ask oh sorry the uh the offer price the offer price yeah, yeah. that's what's up man listen um i, I want to there's some more questions i have in mind but before we i'm gonna circle back because i'm looking at it as a as a buyer and i'm coming into one of you guys and i say i'm looking for you know a rental property uh, or i'm looking for a single single unit maybe after possibly rented out I don't know I have all these thoughts in mind when you when as a buyer when they come to you 
and you being the agent, do you recommend certain things? Do you break down like, okay, explain to me your finances and let's see how we could, what's the best option for you? Like, do you tell them, listen, I think getting a four unit would probably be better for you, even though they might have their dream house and it probably doesn't make sense. You know, because sometimes you could have a dream house in mind, but you can't really afford it, yeah. right? But then you do you suggest, hey, maybe you could afford this four unit and use the, the, the income from those units as an opportunity to increase your debt to ratio so that way you could afford that property and get some money back. Do you guys break that down for them or I do you guys just go by what they're feeling? I think honestly, at the end of the day, um, I, I think personally for me, I'll put myself in their shoes, mm. and then. But at the end of the day, we're still like, as a real estate agent, we're still advisors as well. We have to advise them the right way to go about things. You know, um, although they might want that the house in Canarsie that is um, <laughs> a million dollars, but you know, we have to look at what they're approved for. Mm-hmm. We have to look at uh, all right, you know, what the what what the what everything calls for as in pre-approval pre-approval is going to be our schedule honestly Mm -hmm. of how we can go about and advising them and then also looking at comps in the neighborhood to see what um different price what's price per per square foot is going in different markets or you know um what different houses come what you know every house is unique so the differentiation the variations of certain um features of the house Mm -hmm. is what i would say also brings down to um how we advise them okay now like let's let's touch on like (laughs) the bad parts of real estate (laughs) because there's some lows right so definitely which um definitely who wants to take it on as far as the lows in terms of just the process (laughs) the the process or in terms of uh being an agent can i can i say it could it could be exhausting i'm mm-hmm. going through they know yeah. i'm going through something where it's like with the buyer i'm working with a buyer mm-hmm. um i've been mostly a seller's agent um i've been dealing with the seller and selling homes right but now i have this direct buyer um and the buyer she can't make up her mind basically <laughs> <laughs> you know we've seen more than 12 houses already mm-hmm. and it's like you know we need to you know, they, there's so many houses that we've seen. I'm like, this will be a good fit for you. But it's like, how do I drive her um, to, all right, let's put an offer into this house. Mm-hmm. But then it could be now every real estate agent uh, fear is the buyer's dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a buyer's dad can help deviate uh, a deal or like, hey, this is the right house for you. Right. So. We, we we come into a lot of woes. I think ahead, ahead, I think Sam. it's just more about having more than one person in the decision making process. Ah, so you can work. Yeah, you can be a, you can be a buyer's agent <laughs> and and work with directly with one person, but then that's not the only person moving into the house. They have their mother. They have a brother. They have a sister. A father. Um, so is it best to have all of them there together? It. I would say on occasion it is, but not everybody's going to be, you know, available, available mm-hmm. at that certain time to go see this house. And even if you can take videos and no, no, we still got to come back and see this house. And when they do, you know, maybe the mom just thinks I don't got enough closet space. You know, where's my <laughs> shoes going to go? Um, the dad says, hey, like there's too much work that needs to be done. Uh, 
maybe the son says i don't have enough room like there's just so many people that can be in the decision making process it just makes it Harder. it makes it very strenuous yeah 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 absolutely man um and ultimately i, th I think it goes back to understanding what are their goals mm -hmm. Right, because you're always gonna have that. You're always gonna have like I don't have enough closet space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have, you know, the kitchen is not facing east, and I want to be able to see a sunset. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, no windows in the kitchen. I've <laughs> right. heard that specifically. I've heard that, yeah. I'm telling you, and and you know, you're always gonna have that. But um, I always feel like it's it's really important to yeah. discuss what are their real estate goals um, from uh, from before mm -hmm. to help them to un have them understand. Like, listen, man, you're buying in New York. Yeah. You're buying in New York, um, mm -hmm. especially right now. You know, you guys, it's a seller's market. It's yeah, not much yeah, inventory yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but if your goal is to um, purchase and gain equity, if it's to you know cash flow, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you want to make sure that. You know, you're not just stuck in the, you know, accoutrements of that, of the property, right? You're right. Like, you want to make sure you're looking at the location. You know, you want to make sure, like, you know, is it close to um, the train that you might need to get to work? Correct. Is it, you know, in a school district that you might want to be in for your, you know, for your children? So I just kind of feel like it's just a matter of helping them shift, you know, um, the mindset. Uh, the mindset a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah. And not getting so stuck into, oh, the closet's yeah. not big enough. It's, yeah. New, it's New York. Yeah, 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 You're never going to yeah. have a oh, closet. But doing space. the trade-off, like you just said, but doing the trade-off, saying, okay, the closet may not fit, but it's the best school system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, giving that trade-off so that way they can feel, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I could sacrifice this for that. But exactly. some clients don't even want to hear that. And you can walk a client holding their hand through the whole process. Mm -hmm. But just like there's three agents sitting here, there might be like five other agents talking in their ears saying, hey, I can get you this property. I can get you what you want. You know, you can be walking with them, walking them across the, the street. Hey, let's 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 make the light. Hey, we got to do this. But there's another agent. Hey, I, I got this for you. I, I can do this. Yeah, for you. there's a faster so it's, way. That's exactly. Faster so way. if you don't have an exclusive agreement with your buyer, it's kind of like everything is is up in the air. If they you you can talk to them on the phone for an hour and say, hey, I think this is the property for you. They can mm -hmm. agree, um, and things can sound all good. But then maybe the next day they say, oh no, you know, I had this other agent that I was working with. You know, they they showed me a property. I liked it, and we just put up an offer, and it got accepted. And things can happen just like that. Wow, Sam is actually right. So I, mm -hmm. I've um I've been working with this client. I would say maybe like the past maybe like two years on and off actually sam had a listen out in queens um reached out to him and um you know we brought over to the house right like like sam said like literally like mm -hmm. it, it was um it was an unfinished project mm -hmm. granted however you know um with keystone like mm -hmm. i already knew what the property is going to look like after mm -hmm. i even shared um, um other completed projects that they have um mm -hmm. that, that they've had in their pipeline just mm -hmm. so that way she can get an idea of the finishes Walk through the property. I'm like, listen, this has everything you want. Right. It's a two family. I think it was a two over two. The basement's going to be finished. There's a backyard. Everything. Right. Right. Um, it was a little It was a little outside of the neighborhood she wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. um, I think we were there for like, what, maybe an hour just trying yeah. to convince her, like, hey, listen, you know, um, this has everything that you would want and within the price point. Mm -hmm. And you'll have the cash flow because mm -hmm. you'll be able to have tenants. And you'll be like, she'll she'll be in a position where she's able to submit the offer before anybody, you know, has the opportunity to even, you know, tour the property. Right. Man, um, you know, essentially she's like, yeah, you know, I'm 
I'll, I'll think about it. Got home, she's like, Emmanuel. She's Emmanuel. <laughs> he was like, but anyway, she was like, no, that's not for me. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, cool, I get it. You know, I'm I'm extremely um, patient when right, it comes right, to right. that. However, to what Sam was saying, she has like, so what she'll do is, especially now, um, you know, now um, real estate. With what's well, sorry now with real estate um, technology is is like is integrated within real estate right you have all these different platforms you mm-hmm. have Zillow Truly all mm-hmm. these different MLSs mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges that I have with her is that she'll go on um, let's say Trulia and then you know Trulia is never accurate right right you'll you'll Truly will have you thinking that a property is on the market but it's not right right mm-hmm. so she'll reach out on her own. She'll get, you know, a call back, you know, from from a buyer's agent. She thinks is the listing agent. The agent will talk to her. They'll send her five listings out of, you know, I guess in a sense of a little bit of loyalty in a sense. Mm-hmm. Or, she, or just the fact that, she, you know, she trusts me. Just, you know, she trusts me. She'll send me the listings. She'll say, hey, man, this other agent sent me five listings. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Take a look at these. I'm like, ah. Oh. Where did you get these from? <laughs> I was like, first, let's take a step back. Explain wow. to me where did you? Get, oh, the, the, the agent sent me the list. I'm like, all right, I'll indulge you. Yeah, I'll go through the list. Off market, not available. Um, the the property comes fully occupied. There's uh, there's tenants. They're not leaving. And I'm like, and I ha- and I'll explain to her. And I'm like, listen, I get it. Yeah, I want to find that home for you, but. Before I send you a listing, I'm going to vet that listing. Right. I'm right, going to right. make sure that it's on the market. Right. I'm going to make sure that it's going to come vacant. Mm-hmm. It's not going to come, you know, it's not going to come occupied with, with other tenants. Yeah. I'm going to do all of that before mm-hmm. I even send it to you. Because mm-hmm. your name is on the line. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These, this other agent or two other agents, whoever you're speaking to, they're just pumping you. They're just sending you um, listings in a sense, just to make you happy. But when you send them to me, I look through them. I'm like, come on. I did that once. I was like, I'm like, I, we, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, listen, if you want me to work as your buyer's agent, mm-hmm. let me do the due diligence. Mm-hmm. It's my job. Let me search through the listings. Mm-hmm. Let me vet them out. Let me do the due diligence. Mm-hmm. So that way you're not wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Don't have these agents just sending you listings just because. And then when you send them over to me, they're all yeah, duds. Yeah. Before you continue, let's make a cheers to that because that yes. you're right about that. Man. I, I gotta, salute, I gotta, salute. I gotta fill up my yeah, cup. Yeah, go fill up, man. Because <laughs> that you you're right about that, man. That's yeah. a lot of us are impatient. We're impatient, especially if we know that we're gonna put down twenty mm-hmm. percent. Because yeah, seldomly like- you're gonna get somebody that's gonna be able to do. I mean, yeah, you can uh, with the, these programs that's available, mm-hmm. but for the most part, a lot of people put down twenty percent mm-hmm. and. It's a lot of money, man, and you become impatient. You you want what you want because you know that you're probably gonna have it for the next thirty years. So, I I, I understand, but how you broke it down was valid um, because that's what you're getting paid for. You're getting paid yeah. to do your job. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I respect that. But don't you got something to say? No, I was gonna say it's it's really just about being upfront with your client and just saying, yeah. hey, like I'm giving you the bottom line truth, and if they can't, you know take that as a honesty and your integrity at the end of the day it's like i wouldn't want to even deal with the client who can't take that because they're gonna have me staying up at night yeah i can't be staying up at night feeling like i've been working with you for two months and uh, anxiety 
Because you don't it's know if the person got go, anxiety. You know, it's yeah. constant. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say this. I mean, um, I also want to ask you guys. Probably people probably have this question too. Yeah. Um, like with although we're doing the due diligence, and I'm not saying that we don't have time, but it's, it's always good to have scheduled time and manage your time. Right. But sometimes I would say something like I'm going through is like I feel like. There's a, I want to manage expectation. I have so much, I would say, balls in the air. You mm-hmm. don't balls, that means like there's deals or, you know, there's things that's going. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do feel like one of my buyers, I don't have the time for them. So do you even feel like, you know, like with the buyer that send you all those things, is it because, because uh, I have buyers that send me uh, mm-hmm. listings as well. And I, I'm happy she sends them, but then I'm like, hold on. I could do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it all, it's also helpful to kind of say, all right, she kind of did the job for me, but I want to say that because I'm, I'm dealing with, I have two listings I'm trying to sell. Mm-hmm. I have rentals that mm-hmm. I'm trying to rent out and I want to make sure that I give her the the time mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't feel like I have the time to even. Is it, is it there or you just don't have the bandwidth? Mm. Because sometimes, yeah, because, you know, we can always make time, but yeah. it's what we value Correct. that we think mm-hmm. is important. And if this is important, we may not have enough bandwidth to take care of other stuff because this mm-hmm. is priority. Okay. Right. This comes first. Yeah. yeah you definitely. know, so we could always, you know, this there's, there's always an opportunity to make time, but it's all depend on. Is it, va- is it a priority? It doesn't make sense to do that. Correct. So you right. may not have the bandwidth because you have a lot of things as priority on your plate yeah so that that could, it could be, be that it could yeah. definitely be that but i would say for sure i know for sure for myself mm-hmm. me into this still under a year of uh it's uh in, in real estate mm-hmm. i'm working on i would say even you you guys know from my previous um job like we manage time and mm-hmm. you know i thought i got it but no, <laughs> you really got to manage your time yeah. and, you know, yeah. you know, account for this, account mm-hmm. for this. The scheduling, the calendar works amazing. But then it's like, you know, managing the time at the end of the day. People don't think that they think, you know, they see what reality TV shows are. Yeah. And it's like yeah. it's the glitz and glam, but it's not really like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's grit and grind. <laughs> Wait, waking up at I try to wake up every day around uh, five o'clock. Uh, I'll wake up at five o'clock. I'll take about 30 minutes to just look at what I have on my whiteboard. Mm-hmm. I'll just scan it really quickly. Um, and then I'll get ready to take my son to school. I'll take my wife to work. And then after that's done, it's just go time. And then for me, once I once I realize, okay, my schedule is set for the day, I, I have a bit of peace in my mind where mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, even if this doesn't go as planned, mm-hmm. I can say that, hey, I set things up for success. Right. If I wasn't if I wasn't successful yeah. for the day in a yeah. sense of things didn't pan out the way I wanted to, I can still say, hey, there's yeah. another day to still do this. Not only that, but you have control. Exactly. You have control yeah. of the situation, mm-hmm. right? I I totally agree because when my calendar is set all the way down to like what I'm going to do at this time, what I'm going to do at that time, mm-hmm. even down to the commute time, mm-hmm. all right, it's going to take me 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes to commute, but I lock that in. It it takes away uh, the areas of distraction to come in. Yes. Right. Because yes. now I won't be bothered by distractions because my thing is already outlined. Right. Mm-hmm. 
it's accounted for, like you said. Mm -hmm. So once it's outlined, it's a lot easier for me to be like, okay, I can't be distracted right now. I got to focus. And I realize that clients respect that. Yeah. Clients really respect the fact that, hey, like, it's a business that you're, you're doing. Like, at the end of the day, you can go see 40 different agents and they can probably tell you the same thing that I'm doing, saying. But I'm providing a service to you that you're not going to get anywhere else. Absolutely. And that's that's yeah. what it's really about. So Clients yeah. are looking at it this way. If And I've learned this as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't lead you if I can't lead myself. Exactly. If I can't manage myself, how can I manage someone else? So if a client is looking at it from, if you can't manage your time, how much faith will I have in you to manage mm-hmm. my situation Correct. when you're barely struggling? Yeah. Right. If you're always constantly late or you're not corresponding correctly with the emails, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like, hold up, if how can I trust you to do this if you can't even manage your own self? Yeah. Uh, so that that's the way um, that's the way I looked at it when, when we was doing um, house shopping. Mm-hmm. It's because I have an expectation, but that expectation comes from me being responsible for myself. I I know that I, if I'm gonna, I will I'll, I will delegate this to somebody, mm-hmm. in this case an agent or somebody, but if I feel like I'm not getting the response or I'm not getting the communication or I'm not getting the proper uh, information, then I take back hold of the situation. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to somebody else that can do that, mm-hmm. and that's what clients see when they see you, like handling your business. Mm-hmm. And being on time, answering the emails. It doesn't have to be right away, but it should be before the day ends. Yeah. It shouldn't be like the next two days, three days. Then after a while, it's like, how can I trust you to deliver? Yeah. I think on that part, like even with the buyer that I was talking about right now, she she always tells me like, Dan, you're a go-getter. You're, you're grinding. And I, I feel like I'm underperforming. And she's like, yeah, you got this. Like, you you killing it. You sending me listings left and right. Mm. I'm just like... I don't think so because it's like. But imagine who she's dealing with. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you gotta look at it from that perspective. Yeah. But I, through her lens, yeah. you, she probably had somebody that was horrible. Yeah, yeah. and true. you just took it an extra mile. You well, upgrade. You just yeah. upgrade. Right to her, like man, you killing it. Even though you know, and that's a great thing, mm. that you know that you could go harder. Yeah, that's always an amazing thing when you know that you're not settling. Yeah, but in her eyes. She probably had somebody that was horrible and you coming along and you doing like maybe maybe even two things better than the next person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, but in her eyes, that's a lot. Well, my question to you is why do you feel that you're not I meeting feel, those? Like why do you feel that way? I feel like my bar is set so high. Mm-hmm. Like my bar is through the roof and it's just like that's who I am as a person. And, you know, I'm just one person. I'm one person, but I feel like I have to overextend left and right. Mm. Like that's that like, hustle culture, man. And, and, yeah. and, and I'm like the uh, what do you call it, Inspector Gadget. You know, it's, it's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's also about just like what you're seeing because yeah. I, I try to filter a lot of the things that I'm I see on social media now. Like when I started with my started out real estate, I just okay. So I started following a bunch of real estate pages, a bunch of motivational pages. And I felt like I was set. And okay, when I get on my feed, I'll see a bunch of things that are going to maybe set me for the day or maybe take my mind to a place where I'm focused. But I didn't realize I still got a, a few hundred followers where I'm like, I don't even know what kind of nonsense is on my feed. But mm-hmm. I realized that um, 
even with the real estate agents that I that I that I was following, they were posting a lot of things that was that 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 named success, and I was putting myself at that same level of saying, okay, mm-hmm. they're doing this, so I should be doing the same thing. Like I have to set the bar for myself so high that I feel like. I, I can be there the next day or the next month, but I, I realize that you're not really seeing the back end, you know? And that's what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, like you said, a lot of the times when you're on social media, you know, we find ourselves mm-hmm. comparing, uh, we find ourselves comparing ourselves to a lot of those, you know, million dollar, you know, agents mm-hmm. or, you know, they're producing the content, they're yeah. doing this. And, and it yeah. seems like they're Superman or, su- or Superwoman and we're comparing ourselves to them. And then it makes us feel like what we're doing inferior. is, yeah, inferior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, even for myself that I had to learn was that I'm like, yo, man, because um, I, I felt like that before. Where I'm like, man, like all the other agents out here closing deals, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I had to, and, you know, my current broker, um, Abdul with, um, with Ivy North, mm-hmm. and, you know, he had to, he's like, no, Emmanuel, like, you're doing great things. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got to, like, realize look into what you're doing right right, right? he's like yeah. understand Count your you. blessings yeah he's like understand you as an agent mm-hmm. and understand what you're bringing to the game right and at this time i had a commercial exclusive commercial list and i'm like man that's not enough man <laughs> you know i'm working with a client you know he's you know um searching for a mo- uh, multi-family property and bro mm-hmm. i'm like yo that's not enough man you know what i'm saying and i had little and meanwhile things, you had all these things on your plate yeah and then i'm still like nah i'm inadequate like nah like <laughs> i should be doing more yeah but it's because I'm going on Instagram and I'm looking at all these other ages. Yeah. I'm like, damn, like, yo, they close another deal? I'm like, oh, man, I got to go back to the drone board. I, I got more work to do. Yeah. But then I had to realize, I'm like, no, yeah. like, you're doing you're doing great. You're doing well mm-hmm. in what you're doing. Right, you right, know, right. and he had to teach me. He's like, he had to remind me. He right. told me, like, listen, you got this, uh, this commercial exclusive listing. He's like, all right, cool. Work the mess out of that. Like, you know, push it. Yeah. Work it. And then, you know, when you get at least, he's like, turn that around, you know, send mailers out to the people in the community, yeah, yeah, yeah. let them know what you're doing. Oh, and then, you know, and the other thing that he had to teach me was he, he reminded me of where you putting your energy, mm-hmm. right? Where you putting your important. energy? Because yeah. as an agent, it's, it's almost as if we're, we're waiting for that bat, that, that bat signal in the sky, like, you know, yo, another listing, another buyer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, we're always waiting for that call. And he's like, you like you have to understand who you are as an individual, and then understand where you put in your energy, and mm-hmm. things will come. Mm-hmm. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> yeah. And it's Trust tough. I, it is tough. That's I, the highs yeah. and lows. Go ahead. Sam. I have a question for y'all. So how yeah. do you how do you set the bar for yourself? What do you, what do you see as success throughout the week or or for a day? Like how do you know? Okay, I, I go home and I was successful today, or. I ended the work week and I feel like I'm successful at the end of Sunday. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Every week that changes for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I've had to make sure that I that I made sure this past year was that I had to make sure that I embedded the business of real estate mm-hmm. and I needed to incorporate family within it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me that that varies, right? Um, for me, I'm I like to make sure that whatever it is that I'm doing in real estate is convenient for me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also able to, uh, you'll get that done, get back to family. Because family, family yeah. over everything, yeah, yeah, right? Because, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I have a wife, I have a five-year-old daughter. So for me, success, you know, at one point, it was like, yo, I got to close on, you know, on a million-dollar listing. Or, mm-hmm. or I have to have, mm-hmm. you know, multiple exclusive, exclusive listings. Sometimes 
I may have that. Right now, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I, I have businesses coming in, but right now, um, what success looks like for me is this. Right. Being right. able to have this conversation. Right. 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 Um, being able to um, be in a, uh, be productive in a sense. Right. If yeah. I had, you know, 10 items on my calendar. Yeah. Listen, if I knock all 10 out or if I knock nine out of the 10 out, you that's that's successful yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, what I mean, um, and, and it, it, it varies, yeah. you know, week by week, day by day. Um, I like to make sure that. Um, like right now, I have one client. We closed on a property back in um, back in June. It was a three family in Brighton Beach, and um, people, you know, um, the first phase was closing on that property. Mm-hmm. Second phase is leasing out the units. So uh, right now, I have one one completely leased, one pending, and I'm having a little bit of a challenge with the uh, with the walk in or basement unit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll get people that'll come in, and they're like, "Hey, you know, do you have any other listings, or do you have?" You know, um, can you show me anything else? And part of me is like, yeah, you know, whatever you need, like I got you. But for me, I want to make sure that this relationship that I have with this client is long term. Mm -hmm. It's much more than just getting the deal done. I want to make sure that I, you know, um, that I take care of this with, Mm -hmm. with reasonable care. So I tell them all the time, like, listen, man. This is the only exclusive, and this is for me, just for me personally, but this is an exclusive listing that I have right now. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I'm giving this man 110% to lease out these units, mm-hmm. and then I'll move on to my next project. Yeah. Lord willing, if it comes. But my thing for me was, you know, that's what success looks like for me. Yeah. Can we cheers uh, to success? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 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 <laughs> I, I want to I echo something, though. Um, I think a, a lot of us confuse. Um, being active for being productive alright um, a lot of us confuse that being active is, is the same as being productive alright and, and we, we think there's some kind of success in there and what I, I realize when I start writing down the things I need to do for, for the day I take out the I gotta take do the laundry I gotta clean out I take that out because that's not being productive you know that's not it, it, it's something that you need to do. It's some of the necessities, but it's not going to further you into the path that you want, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we waste too much time doing certain things. I don't like doing laundry. I like dropping it off because it saves time, right? I, that time I could be in the laundry for like 45 minutes to an hour. I mm-hmm. could be doing something else that's more productive. So I think we, we undervalue um, moving. We undervalue what productivity is because we overvalue moving around as something as uh, important because yeah. we're moving around we feel like we're being productive and that's yeah. not the truth that's not the truth the, the real truth is you're being productive if whatever you're doing is moving you is moving the needle closer to your goal mm-hmm. and that that's what we should be focusing absolutely. on absolutely. Yeah. absolutely sometimes I almost feel like we get into the laundry or a certain day-to-day task, and we're really running away from what we really we're deflecting. Need to be. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We know what we need to do. Yeah. yeah. But then we find like, oh, the house needs cleaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to do a laundry. Oh, you know what? This came up, and we, all we're doing is deflecting because we know there's something more important that requires our time. Yeah. Definitely. And then instead of us doing that, we find all these other excuses. You know why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're comfortable in that. Yeah. 
because we know it. We know it. <laughs> you and, know, like, all right, and you, you, you may not like doing the dishes. You may not like cleaning out. Yeah. But you know that, all right, I can knock this out real quick versus the thing that you need to do is going to require time. And so, the biggest yeah. thing is nobody's setting our schedule. No. We yeah. have to set we our schedule. Yeah. We have to understand, okay, what are you doing today? To, to make your sex to make yourself successful for the next day right. so it's just like setting your own schedule for me was was daunting at the first at, at, at first but um i really learned how to just say okay my cutoff time is maybe eight o'clock like my wife will murder me if i pick my <laughs> phone up at nine o'clock right, you know right. if i if i if yeah, <laughs> yeah if i if i start working a little bit too early i might i might burn myself out too early and i, I don't want to work past maybe five o'clock so it's, it's really understanding your own body and your, your own, pace yeah, yeah yeah your pace that's that's the word exactly yeah, yeah. i would say to touch on that i mean i think for those who's out there looking to get into real estate as well it's just like you have to have that hunger in you to get up like as you said like Sometimes I get up at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., go to the gym. I think going to the gym really helps me on a schedule in the morning. Um, but then you have to manage how you go about your day. And, you know, if you don't get up, miss up an opportunity. Opportunity is there. It's knocking on your door every day. You just got to get up. Yeah, <laughs> You just got to get up and, you know, read the trends, what's going on, market trends, uh, and what's new out there. And, you know, looking how you're going to grow your business. Who are you going to meet today? You know, yeah. so it's, it's it's like those things that you have to take in accordance each and every day and setting goals and goals change every day. Yeah, yeah. So I look at it with to answer that question when you had you had asked before. I mean, I think at the we're about to enter Q4 and I think before the year ends, I need, I want to get exclusive. I would say one direct exclusive deal that me going to a seller that's looking a person that's looking to sell their home. And this is my direct exclusive that I put my effort in, their mm -hmm. listing pitch, and they went with me yeah. instead of any other agent. Well, let's cheers to that, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. To bigger and better things. Salute. 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 Hey, man, this has been awesome. Um, I think we, we had touched on a lot of things, but we could keep going. We, but we uh, there's a lot can. more we didn't we touch can. on. But we, we got to make a part two of this. I, I really, I really appreciate all the feedback and uh, a lot of honesty, man. Mm -hmm. It was just yeah. like some real honesty that we don't really get. Because when we look at real estate, we always look at the upside of it. Yeah. You see a picture. Yeah, yeah. we see, see a, a picture. picture on the wall. Yeah, oh, we see. Yeah, well, we see the Instagram stories, mm -hmm. and it's just, <laughs> but they only last for a second. Then you got to realize, all right, tomorrow's another day. <laughs> right. So I think that um, this was very helpful. To, and then I hope that everybody appreciate all the honesty and all the feedback. And um, if you have any questions or if you have some comments, please share it. Um, share this video. Um, subscribe. Uh, and please follow the IG. I'm going to have everything listed below. And this just it was just awesome, man. I appreciate them taking the time out. We are actually outside of our studio. It was just a nice, beautiful day. And we decided really to do beautiful. it outside on the balcony and have a good time. And um, I was skeptical at first. <laughs> um, but it really turned out well. The crew was the one that convinced me and said, let's do it outside. Let's do it outside. <laughs> and they actually, this was 
This was great, guys. Thank you again. I appreciate Definitely. it, man. Thanks for having hey, us. Man. Salud, yeah, man. Salud, salud, salud. One more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, right. man. Shout out, Shout out to the crew. Shout out to the crew. I'm glad you listened to the crew, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Good night. All right.